program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton. I am the host of your show. We come to you every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. in Southern California time. It is a rainy day out here. Hallelujah, we need rain. (laughs) I just uh, came back from traveling through Lenexa, Kansas and Cincinnati and St. Louis and you don't need rain. (laughs) You have snow, snow, snow. (laughs) Anyway, I... uh, I am excited about today's show, and I am doing this from the heart. So you can call in. I know that many, many of our listeners, because this is a worldwide show, and I see the numbers and where they're following and, like, are doing this in other time zones and uh, and often get it through the archive. A, a large portion of our uh, audience is using the archive to educate themselves. But if you are live with me across the U.S., It's 866-472-5788. And if you're doing this by archive and you want to comment, you can uh, certainly do that by reaching me at Opal, O-P-A-L, at Million Kids. Well, the name of this show is called The Love of a Father. And I'm going to swim upstream today. Uh, I feel very, very strongly about this. We may actually do more than one show just because of several personal experiences that have happened to me of late, and I feel like this is a message that just gets almost no light of day at all. I want to talk about the role men have when especially their daughters or their sons are violated. It's interesting in the fight against human trafficking that men are often berated. I am the very first to say if we don't have sex buying, then we don't have sex selling. And so, you know, there is a lot of effort to, you know, bring the cockroaches out with the daylight and uh, stop the sex buying. And certainly I lead the pack on that. Uh, You know, I believe in reverse stings and, and like that. However, uh, the and the other thing that we see is if you follow me and kids on Facebook, you know, most of the perpetrators are men. Now, there's some on there that are women, but most are men. And some of those men are just absolutely vile. I get it. I mean, some of those stories that Susie posts on there are Susie Carpenter is our media marketing director and and uh, I swear she saves the worst for Friday night. And you can tell who's hitting the sauce on Friday night because it all starts with cascrate the blah, 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 and hanging him up by the whatever. And, you know, but uh, I get that in sex trafficking, it is the pimps that, that are mostly male and are very vile. And it is the sex buyers that do that. But that is a small portion of our male society, and it is an interesting thing that is happening in the work that I'm doing. I'm getting ready to release my next book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. I'm very, very excited about it. And, you know, it's all based on real cases, and I take calls all across the nation 
from people whose child is uh, being violated or has been sextorted or being blackmailed. And many of those calls are from fathers. And I think to myself, how do I open up my world to you to see what it's like for the love of a father when his child is either taking a very questionable turn or is being violated because they're they've sent out their child has sent out an inappropriate photo. So I want to talk about fathers for a bit because I have had several calls of late. Now I'm going to talk about some of the circumstances of those calls. I'm not going to reveal anything confidential because um, I, I'm, you know, it's important when you talk to me, we keep it between us. But what I know here is, uh, and, and let me just back this up one more time. I've had kind of some personal experience in the last year or so on this very subject that I want to intertwine in this conversation. Here's what I know about dads. Most of them are great dads. Now, are they flawed? You bet. Do they lose their temper? Sure. Do they, you know, pass gas in public? Yeah, some of them do. You know, some of them don't shave as often as they should or clean up as often as they should. But I'm going to tell you that there is no relationship on earth like the relationship with a father. For good or for bad, it is a lasting lifetime impact. I was uh, talking to Mona that works with me. I remember my grandfather, and he's been gone probably 60 years, 50 years. But he is seared in my memory, not necessarily to the good, by the way. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't always a great grandfather, and he wasn't always a great father. But I will never forget him, and I try to find the good in him and the bad in him. I remember my own father, and as I went back through the Midwest, I was born in the Midwest, I um, took the time to try to go to my parents' grave. <laughs> that was a riot. Snow was coming down sideways. You couldn't tell whether there was a headstone there or not. <laughs> and been there in 20 years, and I thought to myself, well, I should put some flowers in my folks' grave. I finally just dumped those flowers in the next open vase and said, tell my mom I was here. But it was uh, important to me to pay homage to my mother and my father. And my brother, by the way, I have no family left. And uh, it's a fascinating thing with my father. My father was a uh, railroader. He was a humble guy, um, you know, a hardworking, middle-class kind of, you know, labor kind of guy. Never went to college. Uh, But he paid that price. He got up at 4 o'clock sometimes, 3 o'clock in the morning, and went out and and went on those train rides for now 100 miles out of town and and lifted the heavy weights and walked on top of boxcars. And, you know, he was a conductor, so we got to make the signals. And he took us with him a few times. And, you know, he, in my mind, was a big man. Now that now that I'm an adult, I realize how silly that is. He was only about 5 foot 11. But uh, seemed big to me. Had big hands. And big, big hands where they're going to smack you. <laughs> but, but big hands went my hand in his And here I am, you know, later in my life, and I remember the feeling of that hand in his hand. And, you know, he walked fast because that's what he did for a living. And I'm a little kid. I'm running and running and running, trying to catch up with him. And, uh, 
and it, and it was really interesting because I would just chatter on. I haven't changed a bit, by the way. <laughs> anyway, I would chatter on and carry on, and he wouldn't know what to say. There was a world of difference between him and me. That his favorite line, and I love it to this day, is, you think so, huh? <laughs> you know, it was just that affirmation that he was listening And, you know, fathers have a lifetime impact for good or bad. For you listeners out there, I'd encourage you to stop and, you know, take men out of groups the way that the society does that. You know, we group all pimps and pedophiles as bad men and uh, like that. Take men out of groups and think of your own father. Now, he may have been good or he may have been bad, but think about this. It's a lifetime impact on you. My father's been dead 34 years, but he still guides that little inner voice in my head. And every now and then I can hear him say, you think so, huh? (laughs) And that is an important thing to understand as we begin to understand the love of a father and the impact when it has to do with sex trafficking and sex extortion. A father's relationship on a child for good or bad is like no other relationship on earth. It will go on long after you're gone, meaning as a father. It will go on into the next generation. Fathers affect not only their children, but their grandchildren and, you know, maybe even their children. So it is unlike any relationship. And it is that lens, that perspective I want to look at today because most children idolize their father. Now, they may want him to be different. They may wish that he was warmer. Uh, They may wish that he wasn't quite so angry. And uh, they may wish that he was uh, easier to talk to or that he disciplined less or that he understood more. We all want something different, maybe, than what is being delivered. But we all want their approval. You know, uh, a father is a barometer to ourselves. And we compare ourselves to our fathers, man after man that I have met will often talk about their father and the impact that their father had on them. And it's a fascinating thing there, the way that this one relationship is very seldom recognized in our society. So many men today are just, um, you know, uh, villainized. They're made out to be uh, selfish, uh, narcissistic pigs. But the bulk of men in our society are not like that. They are men who want to be good fathers. They are men who want to be looked up to. And they are men who want to be accepted by their children and want to accept their children. Most men guide their children. They act as a disciplinarian. They need to do that within reason because, you know, that is what a parent is, is a guide And, you know, to set up those constructs, those limits for a person, none of us are happy if we get everything we want. And we all have this kind of innate uh, 
well, barometer, for lack of other word, that it is important that we have someone to guide us so we don't touch that fire when the stove is on, so we don't play in the street, you know, so that we don't send naked photos when we shouldn't, that kind of thing. But our fathers are also kind of the angel and defender of us. You know, we know that that big guy we can go to in our heart And if nobody else will defend us, hopefully he will. One of the things I know about men is that they're providers. You know, I lost my husband last year, and I just had no understanding how well-kept I was over the last 44 years. As this man, I mean, he paid the real estate taxes, which are due, by the way, and i got to come up with that check now. But he would just, you know, he would put that money in the 401k. He would get the car repaired. He would, he would buy new tires. He'd pay that real estate bill. And, you know, what a powerful, powerful uh, advocate to have in your life whether it's a husband or a father. What I want to say to you is, yes, there are bad men in the world. There are. I, I get it. I deal with them every day. But where is the megaphone for the good men, which far, far outnumber the bad men? Where is the society's recognition of that That great guy that gets up every day and takes care of his wife and takes care of his kids and stands there and defends them and he's a leader and he sets the moral high ground for that family and and literally guides that family into the best life they can have. Where is the megaphone for that man? And I believe that it's very important that we stop and understand this because As their children grow up and they become victims of exploitation, that man takes that kick in the gut in a way that no one in our society is understanding. And, you know, there's almost no resources. And that's where I want to go in the next section is how this works when a father discovers his child's been violated. This is Opal Singleton, Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. 
Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. This show is brought to you by Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N. I would encourage you to follow Million Kids on Facebook. You can do that just by going to Facebook and hitting like, uh, finding Million Kids and hitting like. Uh, we do post new cases of sextortion, child pornography, uh, social media exploitation, and all kinds of human trafficking, and we do that about every three to four hours. We uh, also have all of these shows archived at exploitedcrimes.com. That is exploitedcrimes.com. You just go to listen and go and, you know, the latest ones are at the bottom. There's over 100 hours of these shows on there on all kinds of subjects, and you are welcome to download them, share them. You can even get an embed code if you want to and post this on your own Facebook site or website. Uh, or if you run your own blog, you can certainly rebroadcast these shows. We don't care. Uh, these are all free, and we want you to be able to be educate yourself. We are talking about men and the love of a father. And um, I get, you know, that many men can be animals. I get that. I, I live in the world of sex trafficking and combating it, and I get that. I also understand that many men are addicted to pornography, and there's a lot of effort going on right now to combat pornography as it should be because pornography is becoming, you know, just ubiquitous. It's all over, everywhere you go, and it's being introduced to our children younger and younger in animation and video games and like that. I get that some men drink too much or they're alcoholics. I get that some men are drug addicts. I get that some men are sex addicts and, uh, and that, that would be horrendous. I get that some of them are addicted to gambling. I get that there are bad men and there's a lot, uh, many men with a lot of personal problems. But that is not where I want to go today. The reason I'm doing this show is that it seems like several times in the last few months, actually many times, I have taken calls from fathers whose heart is broken And I don't see any resources, any headlines, any recognition of this phenomena. And I believe that it is much farther out there than anybody realizes. And that is the purpose for this show. I want to talk about what happens when a father discovers that their child is a victim of either sex trafficking or sextortion. And I'm going to talk in general about some cases because of the fact that 
that I don't want to reveal uh, confidential things. But I think that this is very important to understand this. So I want to just kind of share with you where I'm coming from. I just spent uh, recently, and this was a man across the United States somewhere. He happened to be a migrant, uh, you know, a man, a, a foreign national, let's call him. Someone who had given his very best to come up here from one of those Latin America countries. I won't say which one. And he paid the ultimate price. Now, I'm not going to endorse or, or, uh, you know, judge the fact that he came in illegally, but he has made a life for himself and his wife. He has done work that we would never do. And he saved his money. He supported his family back home, but he built a life here. And he had a daughter. And the daughter has taken, she's older now, she's not an adult, but she's in her high teens, and the daughter has taken another road. Uh, She has decided that she wants to become sexually active and flaunted, and uh, is taking a lot of chances, and is very blatant about it, spitting in his face almost, saying, I don't have to stay here. Now, here is a father who is absolutely devastated. You know, here is a daughter who is, while she's getting her sexual identity, and it's interesting, our whole society, all of our interest is on she has a right to figure out if she's gay or straight and if she wants to be promiscuous, she can, and like that. But uh, hold on a minute. She is still a minor, and she's still living in a home with people who have given her everything all of her life. Where is the society's ask for respect of that? You know, and this father is a grieving, grieving father. But what I want to share with you is the impact on a man when he sees his child making bad choices. He doesn't want to reject her. You know, it's one of these, you know, if you don't accept this, then I'm running away. Well, hello, I I still love you. Uh, I don't approve of your choices. um, And you don't have to, you know, put it on a billboard. You don't have to march around the countryside. This is a sexual private choice that we accept, but you don't have to rub it in my face. You can, where is the respect that is going on here? What I want you to see is the grieving loss that this father is feeling. You know, he wanted a lot more for his daughter. And it, you know, he doesn't, you know, he can accept her sexual choices, but she is, um, you know, publicly committing acts that are acts not necessarily to be proud of. And part of our society engages in supporting that. She has a right. She's a woman, blah, 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 blah. And I'm saying, wait a minute. What about the grief of that father? He is experiencing grave loss. He had had all these hopes and dreams for his little daughter. He had spent his entire life building a safety home for her giving her support, giving her acceptance, giving her respect. And what he's dealing with here is loss. You know, he's dealing with hurt. He's dealing with disappointment. 
And he has a right for those feelings, the same as she has a right to try to figure out where she's at. He has a right to say, this hurts. And where does a man go when he hurts? You know, you go round and round and round. I have talked to so many of these fathers of late. There's disappointment. There's wishing that he could sit down with her and have reason rather than these screaming matches where she blames him for not understanding, blames him for not accepting her, which he's trying with all her his heart. You know, he you know, what will happen here is this man will feel anger and rage. And it is a normal thing for a man to feel that. He is her protector. He is her hero. And now she she makes it very clear he's no longer her hero because she's decided to do something that he necessarily doesn't approve of. But he's trying to approve of her and not lose her. And so there's this tug of war that goes on and on. I often talk about it from the standpoint that she has a fantasy relationship. And when a parent gets in a tug of war with a fantasy, they will lose. But one of the things I'm asking you to do is step back and understand the very real impact this has on a father figure in her life. Some of these men are unable to concentrate for days. They're unable to go to work. You know, the loss they feel is very real. And what it is, they're grieving. You know, they had this sense of innocence in their mind that their child was somewhat innocent. They had to protect them. Now, that is a transition as they get in high teens. A father has to begin to let go and believe that they have they have you know, supported and and uh, been there for a woman who is now becoming a woman. And they have to accept that. And that transition doesn't always go well. But there is almost no resources in our society for that father who watches his daughter or his son make very bad decisions. That happens when a son decides to use drugs or he gets a girl pregnant or, uh, you know, he decides to join a gang or um, he gets picked up for a DUI or uh, he's stealing something or, uh, you know, he's uh, addicted to pornography. And a father will experience that same loss as they see their child make bad choices. And it's a fascinating thing in our society to me how there's all this emphasis on putting the guy down, but almost few resources, you know, putting the guy down that he's addicted to pornography or that he drinks or or too much. But there's almost no resources for the literally millions and millions and millions of men who are experiencing that grieving loss of innocence of their child and trying to sort through an appropriate way to deal with this. They will blame themselves. Maybe I wasn't there enough. I should have seen that coming. I should have protected my daughter more. I should have checked her social media or his social media. I should have talked to them more. You know, but and especially if there's a divorce involved, you know, they and they get into this, well, she is she's my ex-wife just lets the child do everything they want. 
and I'm the bad guy for wanting to put parameters in. Or maybe it's just the opposite, you know. The mother's trying to put uh, parameters in, and he's desperate to get her approval, so he doesn't have the boundaries that he needs to have as a father. My point is, is this is an extreme grieving process for a parent. For mothers and fathers, when a child takes a wrong term and makes a bad decision, and this is becoming more and more prominent across America as more and more of our kids are becoming victims of sextortion. I read an article from the Department of Justice Research that said more than 3 million of our kids are being sextorted because they've sent naked photos. NECMAC has intercepted more than 50 million images of selfies that our kids have sent to each other that are naked or sexual in nature. This is Opal Singleton. The show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are up against that break, so we're going to ask you to stay with us. We're going to be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. 
Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about the love of a father. And I'm sharing this with you because I take a lot of calls and I kind of wanted to just share my world with you today a little bit about how this looks and feels. I I just want to open this dialogue on an international and national basis because I feel like there's very little of this kind of conversation going on. Let me just share with you that one of the things that's driving this is uh, I have a chapter in my new book that's coming out called The Prism of Shame. And uh, it is a very disturbing trend that's going on. I have another chapter in there called Crowdsourcing Sextortion. And the reason I say this is that more and more of our children are having their first sexual encounter be a uh, one of violation. And, you know, that's changing because of social media, and that's part of the societal shift. But uh, the DOJ, Department of Justice, came out with a report that they believe that at least 3 million kids in the United States are involved in sextortion. I believe that number might be very, very low, quite frankly, um, but we have no way to tell. What do I mean by sextortion? The kid is lured in into sending a naked photo. Now, sometimes this happens because they get in a sexual relationship in person and send it and like that uh, and send that photo off uh, to somebody that's their boyfriend and then they break up and the guy uses it against them. But more and more, what you're seeing is kids who are falling prey to the fantasy relationship on the internet where they send out a photo. What is what is actually happening here in uh, the prism of shame is more and more of these kids are getting on the phone younger. So we're seeing this at 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. And what the perpetrator will do is they'll use a photo of another kid they violated and seduced into sending a naked photo that's doing a sex act, and then they'll show it to your 10 or 11-year-old child and get them to emulate it because you probably haven't had that sex conversation with your 11-year-old child yet, and they don't really know what sex is, but they all know how to twerk. Thank you, Miley Cyrus. And then they see these images, and they think they're talking to a hot rock star. And what will happen is the child will go in and violate, self-violate, meaning masturbate, They may not even realize what they're doing and then send it on to this guy to get approval. But what will happen, and they're thinking this guy's going to go, oh, honey, you know, you're just beautiful. And instead of that, as soon as he gets that first photo, he calls her a slut and other words. And your child's first experience is a, a horrible, horrible sexual experience. And this is happening to millions of kids across the nation. Well, millions of kids have fathers, and that is the purpose of this show, is to kind of let you walk in my shoes to understand where the, where I'm going with this. Millions of fathers, and yes, mothers, we'll get to mothers in another show, but I want to talk about the impact of a man when he sees his 11-year-old daughter has inserted things by being seduced on the Internet. First of all, think about this child. You know, suddenly she sees a picture of herself that she realizes is embarrassing and wrong when he starts calling her names. And so her first sexual experience is deep, deep shame. On top of it, she can't let the parent know. 
And think about this. Nobody was in the room with her when she did it. It is not like Uncle Joe violated her. Somebody in her fantasy relationship seduced her, and there is nobody to blame. And this child's life will change forever. And it's especially true if mom and dad discover it. So you do get get this paradigm where she won't show the photo because she is mortified. mortified. She's locked in a shame-based phantom relationship where she cannot tell, but then the parent finds it on the phone. And now going starting through puberty when this child needs her father's approval in ways we can't even define in vocabulary today, the father is absolutely devastated. You know, you talk about a kick in the gut. He, uh, I mean, if there's ever a time he needs her to stop and put his arms around her and go, oh, baby, I am so sorry this happened to you. Let us work through it together. This man is about to vomit with what he's seeing. And that is a normal reaction. And we need to recognize and help men understand. The first thing that's going to happen is they are going to experience rage from the bottom of their toes to the top of their head. Where is the counseling? Where is the help? Where is the resources for that man? As he alternates back and forth, trying not to react, trying not to respond, 95% of men are good men who want the best for their children. Okay, I made that number up. Maybe it's only 85%. But that is a huge issue in our society that nobody is preparing our fathers for and giving them that resource. They don't want to yell at her. They don't want to put her down. They don't want to be like the predator, but they are fathers who have this idealistic image of their child's innocence. And in the snap of a finger, in the blink of an eye, their lives changed forever. They will never look at that daughter the same again. And it is a natural response. I went through this recently with a father where I worked with him for over three hours. You know, I'd had nine calls that week and and three of them were 11-year-old girls that had self-violated. And one of them, their father, had seen this. And she had inserted things in her body based on a video that had instructed her to do that. And she was anxious to please this man. And the father discovered it on the phone. And he, he just simply, you know, he knew he couldn't go to her. He needed an outside resource. And I was doing my very best to be that resource. But there are not a lot of resources out there, and this is happening a lot more than any of us want to admit. We talked and talked and talked. This man would go and alternate between absolute rage and anger. That is a perfectly normal response. If that father hadn't responded that way, he would not have been a normal father. Grieving involves anger and rage. You know, it is admitting to the the greatest, and in this case, one of the greatest losses this father will ever experience. They then they get resignation, and it and it cycles over and over between trying to accept, trying to uh, 
rationalize, trying to even come to the terms of the reality of what has just happened, blaming self. Why was I not there? Why did I give her the phone? Blaming mom. You know, why didn't mom see it? Mom was uh, is way too lenient on her. I we need to be stricter, or mom's too strict. I I've I told her that she did this in rebellion and. You rationalize, you go around and around. You're unable to concentrate. You cry, you hit things. It is a it is one of those moments in life where your life and your daughter's life has changed forever. This is why I've written Societal Shift. I need to the public to understand we are entering into an entire new era where this kind of thing will be much more prominent and much more common in life. And we must start to prepare support for fathers out there. This is not a bad father. This is a man who has spent an entire life trying to be his little girl's hero and having a vision of his little girl as growing up to be this fine woman with high moral standards who will select, will keep her body sacred. And, you know, fathers understand what men do to women. (laughs) They get it. And sometimes those sexual encounters can be healthy and loving and committed and, and sacred And sometimes they can be when sex is used as a weapon. I spend most of my days talking about when sex is used as a weapon. But these are fathers who grow up to believe, who who grow up their daughters to believe that they can keep their bodies sacred. They can have one of those healthy relationships with men, that they can understand their self-worth as a loved child of God. And they do everything in there to protect her, to keep her safe, to, to set boundaries, to give her a vision of a healthy sexual relationship with that man of her dreams, that she can grow up to be a healthy woman and not be a woman who is violated. And here, at 11 years old, before he's even had the sex talk with her, this has happened. And we are entering in an era where this is going to be more common than not. Because when we put our children on these phones, their first sexual relationship will most likely be a virtual sexual relationship. And many of those relationships will be shame-based. And then a parent who has bought that phone will discover it. And then they're going to have to find ways to cope to find ways to turn this into a learning experience that they both can come out on the other side. But I am telling you, we are going to need resources for this. Number one, we've got to start to admit that this is happening. And I see almost no shows out there like this doing this. I know I'm out on a limb. I'm liable to get blasted by half the women that follow me for not making the man the evil perpetrator that they visualize. But the bulk of men are good, hardworking men, and we need to help them find ways to process this loss and be able to help their daughters process this loss. I am not going to be able to stop people from giving their kids phones. 
but I can begin to help our society realize that if we're going to do that, we have to prepare that wonderful men and women are going to see their child violated and we're going to have to give them the resources so that they can continue to be that safe place for that child to walk through that experience. But to do that, they've got to have resources to walk through it themselves. These are changing times, folks. These are hard, hard things we're talking about. But I ask you to come along with me and please support the work of Million Kids at millionkids.org. This is Opal Singleton. This show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are Million Kids. And I appreciate each and every one of you who send money and keep this show on the air. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back. This is Opal Singleton. This show, as he said, is Crimes Against Humanity. We come to you every week and... um, at 7 o'clock here in Southern California. But you can share this show at any time you want to share it just by going to exploitedcrimes.com, hit listen, and send that baby to everyone you know. I really hope you will do that. I believe this message must get out. I, I have to find a way to broaden my megaphone and get these words out because uh, this is really, really a travesty that is going on. I do, uh, you know, don't want to pound on people. I'm the worst fundraiser in the whole world, but 
I believe it's important to broaden this megaphone and get this out. And I really appreciate those people who send a donation to Million Kids and help us get this word out around the world. If you are willing to do that, and we certainly need it at this point, I'll tell you, we are a small organization. We are mighty. I, You're not paying my salary when you do this. You are supporting the work to get this word out. I get paid myself through the sheriff department. So your your money goes to get this word across the world. And we need to do that. I want to, down to my last segment, I want to tell you two more stories uh, to just drive this home. And I may do this again next week, by the way. This may end up being a two-part series because the farther I go, the more I believe in this. I will never forget. It's been two or three years ago. I got a phone call. I was actually on my way to do a presentation, and we did the whole thing in the car phone. And nice, nice man, loved his daughter, had a 11-year-old daughter. And, it, you know, he had heard me speak. He had bought my book. He monitored her. He tried to support her. He did everything that a great father could do and how fortunate that girl was to have him for a father and she wanted a a game called high puppies and he thought you know I, I think she's a little old for this but I'm real proud of her innocence so he bought it never once did it occur to him to check to see if it connected to the internet and that it would have a public chat room and it did and he was calling me from the emergency room of a local hospital as they're doing the rape kit. This girl had snuck, had met a guy on the internet and snuck out. Never occurred to him. Now, here's a father who had done everything right, everything. He talked, he was there and like that. And this man was bleeding from his soul as he had said, how do I, you know, she depended on me and I bought her that game. And I, I think of the pain of the father. And where can he go to get that kind of support that he needs? I'm going to share one more. I don't necessarily have permission to share this. So I'm going to just bland it out so that you won't know who it is. But this was a father who was poor and he had never had a computer and his little girl wanted a smartphone, and uh, he, I believe he was uh, foreign national, I can't remember, but anyway, maybe not. And he bought her that, thinking that it would help her be accepted by everybody else, because everyone in her crowd had it. And they got in, she met a guy online, and he began to separate her from the family. And, you know, they got in that tug of war we often talk about. And they took her to school, and she got mad, and she went in one door and out the other, and she went to a mall and met up with this guy, and he turned out to be a pimp. And he took her to a horrible place and uh, sold her into gangs. And I sat with this father. I will never forget spending time with this father as we were trying to help find their daughter. And she was gone for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it was the anguish no father and mother should ever have to endure. But I will never forget this father as he's trying to process and going through the anger and rage and, you know, rationalization and depression and grieving and and trying to figure it out and how to deal with this intense loss. But I will never forget him. He said to me, I now realize that in the backseat of my car, in my own living room, I stood by as another man came into my life and stole my precious daughter. 
It's been a long time since I heard those words from that man, but I appreciate that man a whole lot. He was a fine, fine man. He was a father who had given his daughter everything. He had tried to protect her. He tried to give her everything he never had because they were poor. He tried to give her values and standards. He tried to be there for her. And then poof, she made bad choices and went off and was violated in the most heinous ways of all. Folks, what I want you to understand is there is a huge segment of our society that is paying the ultimate price, and we are doing almost nothing to recognize it. And, I, you know, I get that I'm swimming upstream. This is not the popular voice. I know men are monsters. I get it. I work in sex trafficking. I know that females are violated in sex trafficking in horrendous ways, and they needed to be treated like victims. But I also know that out there are fathers and mothers of victims of sextortion and sex trafficking that are dying in horrendous ways, that are alternating with anger and frustration and rage and resignation and loss of innocence and pain, and there are almost no resources. Not only there are almost no resources, there's very little recognition of what this is, these crimes that are are going to be more and more prevalent because that's why I wrote Societal Shift. As we put the entire world on the internet and you have 15-year-olds twerking in their back room picking up an extra 100 bucks or people in third world countries whose children are on the air being sold and violated, this thing is about to become a worldwide phenomenon. And I don't hear, I'm like a voice crying in the wilderness. I don't hear anybody talking about the impact this has on the love of a father. And we must do something about it. My name is Opal Singleton. If you want to write to me, write to me at Opal, O-P-A-L, at Million Kids. If you want to donate and help make this show stay on the air, I'd appreciate it. You can do that by donating at Opal, excuse me, donating at millionkids.org. If you want to send a check, send it to Million Kids at P.O. Box 7295. That's P.O. Box 7295, Riverside, California, 92513. And you can get that address also at www.millionkids.org. I'd ask you to pray about this subject with me. I'm just getting started with the beginning of societal shift coming out, and I'm hoping and praying we raise that money for the documentary to educate kids so we have a lot less kids violated. But in the meantime, if you want to help support parents, help support us and let us do this because we take these calls and they are gut-wrenching and we need to find resources for fathers and for mothers of these kids. This has just begun in our world and our society. Folks, I can't thank you enough for following me and kids. I encounter you when I go out and speak and you say, oh, I never miss your show and I so, so much appreciate you. This is hard, hard work, and it's even harder without the love and support of Del Singleton, who left me 40, uh, 20 years ago yesterday. Thank you all for following us. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week. You folks have a great week. 
Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.